listening to the audiobook of How the Specter of Communism is Ruling Our World, written by the editorial team of the Epoch Times groundbreaking series, Nine Commentaries on the Communist Party. Chapter 8 How Communism Sows Chaos in Politics, Part 2. 4. Violence and Lies The Primary Methods of Control in Communist Politics. In communist doctrine, no means are considered too excessive. Communist parties publicly proclaim that violence and lies are their tools for conquering and ruling the world. From the first appearance of the communist regime in the Soviet Union to today, within the short space of a century, communism caused the death of around 100 million people. Communist party members murdered, burned, abducted, and lied. They used every extreme method possible. The degree of their evil is shocking. Furthermore, most participants have no regrets. The lies fabricated by the evil specter of communism vary in magnitude, both in communist countries and in the West. A hoax, fake news, or the framing of a political opponent. These are relatively small lies. Creating a series of systematic lies of considerable scale through complex operations could be considered mid-scale lies. For instance, to incite hatred against Falun Gong, the CCP concocted the Tiananmen Square self-immolation incident, a staged hoax. The big lie is also used, and this is the hardest to manage because the big lie is almost equivalent to the essence of the evil specter. Its scale is so enormous, its operation so multifaceted, its duration so long, and the population it touches so numerous, including some who are sincerely dedicated to the cause, that the reality that it is all part of a big lie is lost. The communist specter fabricated the lie of, quote, great unity as the goal of communism, because the claim could not be disproven, at least not in the short term. This was the big lie on which the entire communist project was based. The previous chapter analyzed the notion of progressivism as seized by communism, and this is also part of the big lie. In the past few decades, communism has hijacked a number of social movements and brought people to turmoil and revolution, which the evil specter wants. One example is the environmental movement, which will be discussed in Chapter 16. A. Violence and Lies Under Communist Totalitarianism Communist parties encourage class conflict, and such conflict is a struggle to the death. As the Communist Manifesto says, quote, The Communists disdain to conceal their views and aims. They openly declare that their ends can be attained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions. Lenin also wrote in The State and Revolution, quote, We have already said above, and shall show more fully later, that the theory of Marx and Engels of the inevitability of a violent revolution refers to the bourgeois state. The latter cannot take the place of the proletarian state, the dictatorship of the proletariat, through the process of withering away, but as a general rule, only through a violent revolution. During the process of seizing power, whether during the Paris Commune, the Russian Revolution, or the worker-farmer movement instigated by the CCP, Communist parties use extremely violent and bloody methods. 
regardless of whether their enemies are old or weak, they burned, robbed, and murdered, exhibiting a wickedness that shocks the soul. So numerous are the crimes that have been committed under violent communist regimes that they are almost impossible to count. The communist cult employs violence and lies to maintain power. Lies are lubricants for the violence and also a way of enslaving the public. Lying is necessary for breaking up the violence, and while sometimes violence is suspended, continual lies are the norm. Communist parties are willing to promise anything, but never consider making good on their promises. To satisfy their needs, they can change their stories as much as they like, with no moral baseline and no sense of shame. Communists claimed that they were establishing a heaven on earth, but this is precisely their greatest lie, and the only fruit it has borne is a hell on earth. Mao Zedong of China, Ahmed Benbella of Algeria, and Fidel Castro of Cuba all claimed they would never establish totalitarian regimes. But once in power, they immediately initiated high-pressure totalitarianism, purging within the party and persecuting dissidents and members of the public. Communist parties also cunningly distort their own languages. Language manipulation is one of the main methods the communist cult uses to deceive people, that is, altering the meaning of words and even turning words into their opposites. As the altered language is repeatedly used, its distorted meanings become deeply rooted in people's minds. For example, God gets equated to superstition, tradition equates to backwardness, foolishness to feudalism, Western society is equated with hostile or anti-China forces, the proletariat becomes the masters of state-owned assets. Though the public has no power, the communists say that, quote, all power belongs to the people. Pointing out injustice is, quote, inciting subversion of state power, and so on. Therefore, when talking to people who are deeply poisoned by the communist evil cult, people tend to find that the two sides often lack a shared basis for communication because the meanings of words have been so altered. The cult of communism not only tells its own lies, but also creates an environment to make the entire population join it in lying, including by forced political study, the expressions of one's political stance, and political vetting. This is meant to force people to say things they don't believe, and thus demoralize them and degrade their sense of doing the right thing. The Ten Commandments warn that one shall not give false testimony. Confucius said, If people have no faith in their rulers, there is no standing for the state. After people become aware of the fabrications of the communist cult, they respond with further lying. The communist evil cult knows that people are lying to it, but this is acceptable because lying itself is part of the game. The danger for communists is when people start telling the truth. The enforcement of a culture of falsehood is a means of moral degeneration, engineered by the communists. This series of essays has noted repeatedly that the Chinese regime desires not only to kill the physical body, but also cause extreme moral corruption. In this regard, the regime has partially achieved its goal. B. How Communism Instigates Violence in the West The communist evil specter is composed of the elemental force of hatred 
and its theories are permeated with hate. It promotes class struggle and attributes the root of every problem to traditional social structures. It talks about the rich exploiting the poor in order to incite grudges and hatred against the rich and incite revolution and violence. With the expansion of communist movements, the manipulation, violence, and lies of the specter have become commonplace in the West and have filled society with hate and rancor. In addition to communist parties' widespread and explicit promotion of violence, various para-Marxists have also, under the control of the communist evil specter, advocated violence. Saul Alinsky, favored by the left in the United States, was originally in a gang before joining the left and becoming a political leader. He denied being a communist, but his political ideology and approach to conflict is identical to that of communism. Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals is taken as a textbook by U.S. street movement advocates. Alinsky wrote that his book is specifically for the have-nots, who adopt a Machiavellian view of the world and want to seize from the rich and give to the poor and turn the United States into a communist country. Alinsky seems to emphasize gradual infiltration rather than a bloody revolution. But in fact, he is a fan of violence. He is simply more subtle about it. The Black Panther Party, a violent revolutionary group, has adopted Maoist beliefs and used the Maoist slogan, quote, political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. Alinsky first favored the ballot box, however, with guns perhaps to be put to use later. His approach is thus similar to that taken by the Chinese Communist Party. Maintain a low profile, and then finally striking. One of his rules encourages radicals to use aggressive approaches to intimidate their opponents, and eventually achieve the goal of disruption and destruction. David Horowitz an author and former radical who has a deep understanding of Alinsky, said that Alinsky and his followers have no view of reforming the current system. They know very well that their goal is to thoroughly destroy it, and that they regard the process as a war. Therefore, they will try every possible means to attain their goal, deciding when to employ violence, what kind of violence to use, and what kind of lies to tell. In American society, some politicians and political operatives attack their enemies by unscrupulous means, like deception, personal attacks, and the like. Like communists, they also often resort to violence. A society with a greater tendency to violence will become less stable and more divided. These days, the relationship between the major left-wing party and the major right-wing party in the United States seems identical to the confrontation between the communist bloc and the free world during the Cold War. They are as incompatible as fire and water, due to irreconcilable differences. After the new president was elected in 2016, leftist extremists known as Antifa began engaging in violent disruption. Antifa activists locked onto their target, the new president's supporters and other conservatives, and went after them at rallies and elsewhere. Antifa activists stopped Trump supporters from making statements and even directly attacked them. In recent years, an influx of immigrants from the Middle East and Africa have brought many social problems to European countries. Due to political correctness, the leftist elite in these nations have scolded and verbally abused opponents of the current immigration policies. In June 2017, Steve Scalise, 
a member of the Republican Party and the House of Representatives Majority Whip, was shot and gravely wounded at a baseball practice by a supporter of another party. A politician on the left even said he was glad that Scalise was shot. That official was soon removed from his post as a committee chairman at the state level of his party. Behind these violent conflicts are factors of the communist specter. It's not that everyone wants conflict, but it only takes a few core communist activists to stir things up. Under the influence of the communist specter, when certain parties and politicians are weak, they claim that they'll protect the rights of people and follow the regulations of a democratic society. But when they get power, they use all methods to suppress dissent and arbitrarily deprive others of their rights. In February 2017, during a Senate session in a western state in the United States, a Vietnamese-American state senator addressed the chamber to speak out against the praise afforded to Tom Hayden, a former radical and anti-Vietnam War activist who became a senator. However, her microphone was abruptly turned off, and she was forced out of the Senate chamber by deputies. If things keep going in this direction, the end result will be a communist autocracy. C. How Communist Lies Confuse the West Communism has a terrible reputation in the West, so lies are the only way it can expand its influence. Communist and left-wing groups use slogans like freedom, progress, and the public interest as a pretext for winning public support. In fact, their goal is to carry out their plan of advancing socialism. Their tactics mirror the communist promises of heaven on earth. Some parties promote policies that are basically communist, but come packaged under another name. For instance, the establishment of a socialized healthcare system isn't called socialist, but instead people's healthcare, or they justify it as being based on public opinion. When they want to force employers to pay a minimum wage, they call it a living wage. All the while, Western governments get more powerful and intervene in people's lives more and more. Pro-communist politicians and interest groups make empty promises to get elected, something very similar to what communist parties did to win approval when they were just getting started. These politicians promise higher social welfare or say that everyone will get a job and medical insurance. No one cares to talk about who will pay or how the system will work out in the long term. They don't often even plan to fulfill their promises in the first place. Benito Bernal a congressional candidate on the U.S. West Coast, formerly on the left side of politics, recently disclosed that a political party once built a political organization with members that included federal departmental secretaries, federal senators, and congressmen, and state and city council members. He says that they came up with a 25-year plan to manipulate different levels of government in order to campaign for the future of the presidency. Bernal discovered that the organization claimed to dedicate its resources to help communities resolve problems such as gang violence, school dropouts, teenage pregnancy, illegal immigrants, and social injustice. But its actual goal was to have all these people rely on the government. Bernal described this as a system of slavery and said, When I questioned the people in the organization, they asked me three questions instead. Quote, First, if all the problems were solved, what would the next presidential candidate propose to help? Second, do you have any idea how much capital has come into our city to solve these problems? Third, do you know how many jobs are created to solve these problems? 
At the time, I wondered if these people were clearly telling me to profit from people's pain, gang violence, and children killing each other. Bernal said that if someone took the time to look at that party's voting record, they would realize that the party wanted people to be disappointed, suppressed, and impoverished, so that it could profit from their misfortune. This is why he later decided to leave the party. In the 2008 U.S. presidential election, the Association of Community Organizations for Reform, now ACORN, a liberal group with 40 years of history, was found to have registered thousands of fraudulent voters. In 2009, the group was again involved in a nationwide scandal. In the name of upholding justice and fighting for low-income households, it received a large amount of government subsidies and federal bailout money meant to be used to help those families with medical care and housing needs. Two investigators, disguised as a prostitute and a pimp, went to Acorn's offices in several major cities to seek advice on how to operate their business, while secretly videotaping the interviews. Their videos show Acorn employees advising them on how to operate a brothel with a phony company and identity and showed them how to launder money, hide the cash, avoid investigation, lie to the police, and evade taxes. Though Acorn repeatedly defended itself, its reputation was devastated and its funding withdrawn, forcing it to shudder a year later. Many political pledges seem tempting on the surface, but once carried out, result in ruin for people's future. This is known as, quote, the Curley effect, as studied by two Harvard professors. Forbes summarizes the Curley effect as, quote, a politician or political party can achieve long-term dominance by tipping the balance of votes in their direction through the implementation of policies that strangle and stifle economic growth. Counterintuitively, making a city poorer leads to political success for the engineers of that impoverishment. Specifically, politicians use warped and redistributionist fiscal and tax policies, such as giving tax incentives to trade unions, government programs, and minority enterprises, while increasing taxes on other enterprises and the wealthy. The result is that the beneficiaries of those policies, including the poor, trade unions, and so on, become reliant on the politicians who favor them and then support them in elections. These, quote, soak the rich and high-tax policies are used to support governmental projects that encourages the wealthy and entrepreneurs, who don't want their money taken and squandered, to leave the city, with the result that the opponents of the policies are fewer. Such politicians then have a stable, long-term hold on that area and can build their political machine. At the same time, the taxation and job opportunities in the city decrease year by year, and eventually the city goes bankrupt. The Forbes article points out that the influence of the Curley effect is widespread, affecting the top 10 poorest cities with a population of more than 250,000 in the United States. Today, one rich Western state, which has been mostly controlled by politicians on the left, is facing the consequences of these policies. The left also changes the meaning of words. For example, for conservatives, equality means, roughly speaking, having equal opportunities. In this way, people will be able to compete fairly and a natural meritocracy is formed. For leftists, however, the term means equal outcomes, meaning that whether or not people work hard, they receive the same outcome as others who don't. Conservatives believe that tolerance is inclusive 
of different beliefs and opinions. When personal interests are harmed, people should be broad-minded and generous. The left often understands tolerance to mean tolerance of sin. Their understanding of freedom and justice differs quite markedly from the traditional concepts. Social engineering policies, like celebrating homosexuality, having men and women use the same bathroom, legalizing marijuana, and other policies that undermine human ethics, are all dubbed progressive, as if they were somehow moral advancements. In reality, all these policies undermine the moral laws laid down by God for man. This is how the policies on the left wing of the political spectrum end up undermining morality. The communist evil specter uses this style of politics for its own ends. In the past, people believed that the United States was a truly free society and the last bastion against communism. But today, people see clearly that high taxation, a highly developed welfare state, collectivism, big government, social democracy, social equality, and the like, all derived in one way or another from socialist and Marxist-Leninist ideological DNA, are enshrined in policies and put into practice. In particular, the younger generation simply isn't aware of the history of brutality in communist countries. They yearn for and pursue an illusory ideal, and are deceived by the new guise that communism has taken on. The result is that they unknowingly walk on a road to ruin. 5. Totalitarianism, the Consequence of Communist Politics It's widely known that communist totalitarian countries control all aspects of the personal lives of their subjects. The nonviolent forms of communism gradually and continually expand government power, increasing control over social life, and eventually moving toward an authoritarian system. In countries where communist totalitarian power has not yet been established, people are also in danger of losing their freedoms at almost any time. Even more frightening is the fact that modern totalitarianism uses science and technology to carry out personal surveillance and extreme control of life, something never seen before. A. Totalitarianism eradicates free will and suppresses kindness. When human beings follow the traditional values established by the divine, God will lead people in the further development of that culture. Having a culture informed by divine inspiration is an important channel for people to connect with the divine. Based on this culture, the variety of methods of social organization that is political life is derived. God gives people free will and the ability to manage their own affairs. People ought to manage themselves through self-discipline, moral conduct, and responsibility for themselves and their families. After studying American politics in the 19th century, the French political scientist Alexis de Tocqueville came to a great appreciation for the society. He was impressed with Americans' ability for introspection, their understanding of evil, their willingness to solve problems with patience, and the general lack of violence in solving social problems. He thought that the greatness of the United States lies in its ability to correct its own mistakes. What the communist evil specter wants, on the other hand, is totalitarian politics in order to instigate people to oppose tradition and morality and to block the path for people to incline toward goodness and toward the divine. People in communist countries, however, are transformed from being God's people 
to becoming subjects of the devil, all without noticing it. Gradually, they willingly obey the norms that accord with the devil. In communist countries, the government monopolizes social resources, including the economy, the educational system, and the media. Thus, everything must be carried out by following the instructions of Communist Party leaders, and their methods of rule are based on lies, evil, and violence. Those who try to follow their conscience and incline toward goodness end up violating the party's ideology and rules and are called enemies of the party. They then become the underclass, forced to struggle at the bottom of society, or they simply die. In free societies, the government is also moving toward authoritarianism, with big government coming to control almost everything. One of the characteristics of autocratic politics is a strong central government that plans and directs the economy. At present, Western governments have increasingly strengthened their ability to intervene and control the economy to achieve government plans. They use the instruments of state revenue and expenditures, taxation, and debt financing. At the same time, their sphere of management has come to encompass beliefs, families, education, the economy, culture, energy and resources, transportation, communications, travel, and more. From the expansion of central administrative power to local governmental control over the lives of citizens due to numerous laws and judgments, the result has been an all-around expansion of governmental power and unprecedented societal control. For instance, the purchase of health insurance is mandatory, otherwise people will have to pay a fine. In the name of public interest, governments can deprive people of their property and personal rights. A totalitarian government uses political correctness as an excuse to deprive people of their freedom of speech and dictate what people can and cannot say. Those who openly denounce sinister policies are dismissed as engaging in hate speech. Those who dare to oppose political correctness are marginalized, isolated, in some cases fired, and in extreme instances threatened or attacked. Using deviated political standards to replace upright moral standards and enforcing them with the power of the law, regulation, and public attacks creates an atmosphere of social terror and pressure, suppressing people's free will and the freedom to pursue kindness. This is the essence of totalitarian politics. B. From Cradle to Grave, the Welfare System Today, welfare policies have become a universal phenomenon. No matter which country or party, whether conservative or liberal, there is no essential difference. People who have lived in communist countries and come to the West are all impressed with the benefits, free education for children, medical insurance, and care for the elderly. They believe that this is what real communism is about. Isn't the welfare society of today precisely a communist set of ideas brought into capitalist society? The difference is that it wasn't done through violent revolution. The pursuit of a better life is not a fault in itself, but there are major problems hidden behind the large welfare states established by governments. There is no free lunch in this world. High levels of welfare are based on forced taxation, and the welfare itself ends up creating problems. The British jurist Dicey observed, quote, Now before 1908, the question whether a man, rich or poor, should insure his health 
was a matter left entirely to the free discretion or indiscretion of each individual. His conduct no more concerned the state than the question whether he should wear a black coat or a brown coat. But the National Insurance Act will, in the long run, bring upon the state, that is, upon taxpayers, unemployment insurance. It is, in fact, the admission by the state of its duty to insure a man against the evil ensuing from his having no work. The National Insurance Act is in accordance with the doctrines of socialism. The Nordic model of socialist welfare has been recognized and adopted by many countries. It was once considered a positive example of socialist prosperity to be imitated by the West. Yet in Northern Europe, the ratio of tax rate to GDP is among the highest in the world, with many of the country's tax rates hovering at around 50%. Analysts have pointed out that there are six fatal problems with the socialist medical welfare that the government engages in. It is unsustainable, as people want to benefit from free services more than they pay into them. There are no rewards or penalties for performance, and medical industry practitioners don't assume any legal responsibility for what they do, but get paid no matter how much they work. It causes huge losses to the government. People steal through loopholes, abuse the system, and engage in underground trade. The government decides the life and death of the people through the medical system, and it's plagued by bureaucracy. In 2010, a man named Jonas in northern Sweden had to suture his bleeding wounds in an emergency room. He first went to the outpatient clinic, which had closed. He then waited for three hours in the emergency room. The wound was bleeding, but he received no aid. He had no choice but to attempt to treat himself. But this led to him being reported by the hospital staff as having violated the law by possessing hospital equipment without authorization. He had picked up a thread and needle the nurses left out. This is just one instance. The reality is far worse. Because everyone wants free medical care, resources are abused. The clash between limitations on resources and the demand that things be free causes mismatches between supply and demand. The lack of supply means long queues, while those who really need care are harmed by socialized medicine. It's not merely a matter of efficiency. The greater danger is that everything a person needs from cradle to grave is arranged by the government. It may seem to be desirable, but in fact, a population's dependence on the government is the path to an autocratic regime. As de Tocqueville wrote, quote, If despotism were to be established among the democratic nations of our days, it might assume a different character. It would be more extensive and more mild. It would degrade men without tormenting them. The welfare state is thus best described. C. Excessive laws pave the way for totalitarianism. Totalitarian politics undermines the freedom of individuals to exercise compassion but gives space for evil. People seeking to use the law to stop others from doing wrong is precisely what the devil wants. In modern society, there are numerous complicated laws and regulations. The United States has over 70,000 tax laws. The health insurance law amounts to over 20,000 pages. Even judges and lawyers can't comprehend all the laws, not to mention an average person. From the federal level down to the state, county, and city, an average of 40,000 new laws are passed every year. 
A person can break a law without even realizing it. Punishments range from a fine to imprisonment. There are regulations on what sort of fish hook to use and on slurping soup too noisily in public. Everything, just about, has a law or rule limiting it. California allows only flat-screen televisions that meet certain energy consumption requirements. Plastic bags are banned. In some cities, building a hut in one's backyard requires government approval. The overutilization of laws dulls the moral sense. Many laws, in fact, go against common-sense morality, and yet the proliferation of laws has created the social trend in which people are judged by the law and not their moral standards. As time goes on, it is easy for the agents of the evil specter to implant the devil's ideology into human laws. However good the law is, it is only an external power and cannot change people's minds. Lao Tzu said, quote, The more laws are promulgated, the more thieves and bandits there will be. When evil is rampant, law is helpless. The more laws there are, the more control big government can exert. People ignore the fact that social problems are caused by the devil magnifying the evil side of man. They think that the problem is in the law, so they set about fixing that, forgetting the crux of the matter. A vicious cycle is formed, and society begins its step-by-step -step march to autocracy. D. Using Technology to Exert Control Totalitarianism uses the state apparatus and secret police to monitor the population. Modern technology has pushed surveillance to the extreme, extending its gaze into every corner of life. A report by Business Insider summarized 10 ways the Chinese Communist Party has been monitoring the Chinese people. 1. Using facial recognition technology that can pick people out of massive crowds. 2. Getting group chat admins to spy on people. 3. Forcing citizens to download apps that allow the government to monitor their cell phone photos and videos. 4. Watching how people shop online. 5. Having law enforcement officers wear special glasses to identify people in crowded places, like streets and train stations. 6. Installing robot police in train stations to scan people's faces and match those of wanted fugitives. 7. Using facial recognition technology to root out jaywalkers. 8. Stopping pedestrians at random to check their phones. 9. Tracking people's social media posts, which can be linked to the user's family and location. 10. Building predictive software to collect data about people without their knowledge and flag those they consider threatening. The Financial Times draws out the sinister intent of China's social credit score system. Quote, This is at the heart of China's 2020 plan, not just to use big data to measure a credit score, but to quantify the political leanings of its citizenry, the article says. The article also says, quote, The same system can be recalibrated to produce a patriotism score, one that rates how closely an individual's views are in line with the values of the ruling Communist Party. With personnel files and big data, the government can have targeted citizens fired from their jobs and can have banks cancel their mortgages. It can revoke their licenses and ensure they can't get hospital treatment. Today's China has the largest surveillance system in the world, 
in public places and on the roads, surveillance cameras are everywhere. In just minutes, faces on a blacklist can be pulled from a sea of 1.4 billion people. The surveillance software embedded in WeChat on cell phones enables open surveillance and privacy is completely absent for anyone with a cell phone. There is simply nowhere to hide. As technology becomes more and more advanced and governments become bigger and bigger, a continuation on the path of socialism in the West would result in a similarly horrifying fate of being constantly monitored, pressured, and managed. This ultimate scenario is by no means an exaggeration. 6. Communism's Total War Against the West Due to the infiltration of the communist specter, American society today is divided to an unprecedented degree with the left using all its power to obstruct and thwart those who hold traditional views in politics. Using the term war to describe this situation is not an exaggeration in the least. In recent years, during the election in America, although the rhetoric may have been fierce and confrontational, once the election was over, the healing would start, rifts would be mended, and politics would return to normalcy. During the initial stage of the 2016 elections, however, some left-leaning officials within the government were already starting to plan how they would treat candidates from different parties with different standards. After the election, in order to seize back the election, the left started a lawsuit. After the new president was inaugurated, the leftist governor of Washington state said that there was a, quote, tornado of support for all-out opposition to the new president. Higher-ups from the party in opposition admitted that an incensed army of liberals wanted them to wage, quote, total war against the new president, to obstruct him everywhere, and through this, win public support. The left is currently resorting to all methods to achieve its goals. Leftists often oppose new policies merely for the sake of opposition. Under normal circumstances, different parties may hold different views on policies, but despite the division, they all have a common desire for the country to be safe. But remarkably, not only was the proposal to strengthen the border subject to intense attack, but certain states even passed sanctuary city laws. These laws prevent federal law enforcement officials from asking people about their immigration status and prohibit local agencies from providing immigration-related information to federal law enforcement. Before the election, the left dominated mainstream media heavily endorsed the candidate for the left-wing party, giving the impression that her victory was an inevitability, and thus many were dumbfounded by the result. After the election, mainstream media coordinated with leftist politicians to sensationalize all manner of issues, directing the public's attention to attacks and criticisms of the new president, even to the extent of manufacturing fake news to confuse the public. The mainstream media turned a blind eye to virtually all of the new president's achievements, while not delving too deeply into the enormous problems inherent in the left-wing nominee. In a normal society, different groups or parties may have different opinions and conflicts arise, but such conflicts ought to be temporary and localized, and eventually both sides should try to resolve the problem peacefully. It's only when one group is possessed by a class-struggle mentality of the communist specter that political disputes get elevated to waging war with the belief that cooperation or peaceful reconciliation is impossible, 
and that one must totally defeat the opponent and completely demolish the existing system. This comprehensive warfare is reflected in the overall confrontation in political gamesmanship, policy formulation, and the battle for public opinion, bringing with it deep social ruptures and an increasing number of extremist and violent acts. This is exactly what the communist specter hopes to see. In 2016, according to the latest poll conducted by the Associated Press and the Center for Public Affairs Research, about 85% of respondents believe that the country is more deeply divided on politics than in the past. 80% believe that Americans are heavily divided on important values. The unity of a country requires a common set of values and a shared culture. Although the doctrines of different religions are different, the standards for good and evil are similar. This allows ethnic groups in the United States to live in harmony. However, when values are divided, whether the country will even hang together becomes a question. Conclusion Everyone harbors personal weaknesses and evil inside of them. The pursuit of power, wealth, and fame have existed since the dawn of mankind. The devil purposefully used the evil in human nature to create a system of its agents in each country. A country is like a human body, and each entity within it, whether an enterprise, government, and the like, is like a human organ. Each has its own function and performs its duties. If the devil's agents infiltrate a country, then it's as though a foreign consciousness has replaced the human soul, or in other words, that the foreign consciousness is directly controlling the body. If someone tries to shake a society awake from the devil's control, this system is likely to resist by every means. For example, by using the media to discredit opponents, engaging in personal attacks, using misleading information to confuse the public, orchestrating antagonism, ignoring government decrees, diverting resources to support the opposition, and dragging the entire society into division and conflict. Opponents have even caused social unrest while attempting to turn uninformed members of the public against those who dare to confront the devil. Many people are both the founders and, at the same time, the victims of this system. Although they may have done bad things, they're not really enemies of mankind. Through control of both state and private power, the unmatched access and ability to marshal economic resources and intervene domestically and around the world as desired, political power can be used to create achievements for the benefit of all people. On the other hand, the misuse of political power can lead to enormous crimes. The purpose of this chapter has been to reveal the communist factors behind the politics of the world today, and thus to help people distinguish between good and evil, to see the devil's schemes, and return politics to its proper domain and right path. Former U.S. President Ronald Reagan once said, quote, From time to time we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule, that government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? Similarly, President Trump said, quote, In America, we don't worship government. We worship God. Political authority needs to return to the right path, based on traditional values.
Only when mankind is blessed by God will he be able to resist being manipulated by the devil and thus avoid the path of enslavement and destruction. Only by returning to the traditions and virtues for man laid down by God will humankind have a way out.